Hey, what's good, everybody? It's me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, and you're listening to a brand new episode of Love on Up with Benjamin Banks. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Double OT Terrific Trav, and uh, Rebellious D. He's not here with us because this was like uh, something where we, uh, uh, Trav, take it away. Hey, let, let's let's just be real with it. This was a spur of the moment, kind of like the Corey Yee. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we had an opportunity, and your boys had to pounce on it. You know what I mean? And, you know, unfortunately, we, we miss D. But, hey, he holding it down over there at, you know, the headquarters. Yeah, I mean, actually, D has the night off, which is funny. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? The night it's, off, that's yeah, right. Yeah, he he's not in the multiverse. He's not... Uh, you know, in Iceland or any of that stuff. He just literally has the night off. And uh, yeah, it's just me and Trav tonight. And we have a very special guest joining us today. Um, this is somebody that I had met at Superstar Anime back in the summer. I was one of the hosts for the panels that they had at the convention. And this is voice actor Michael Hagney. Uh, you've heard him voice some of your favorite Pokemon in the Pokemon series. Who are some of those Pokemon that he's voiced? Oh, of course, man. Of course, notoriously, he is the voice of Psyduck. I, but let's I, not get I, it twisted. We, my man, voiced the Geo Dude, Primate, Coughing, Dugon, Seal, and Snorlax. Of course, he is my favorite gym leader, Blaine, and of course, the incredibly always cute Charmander. Char Char. That's right. And yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, give him a call. But before that, though, please make sure that you rate and you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow mm-hmm. us on Spotify. Leave us a review. Let us know why you love us. And if you don't love us, let us know why you don't love us and what we could do to become better so that way that you can love us. And now, here's a word from our sponsors. Golden Eat Tattoo. You can find them at 3109 Airline Boulevard, Portsmouth, Virginia for all your nerd-related tattoos. Leading the area, that is Miss Denise and her team. If you call over there and you mention leveling up banks, you get 10% off your tattoo. That number is going to be 757-465-1010. Call them today. This is somebody that we met at Superstar Anime this year in Virginia Beach, and that is the awesome professional voice actor, Mr. Michael Hagney. Michael, how are you doing today? Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm a professional voice actor, but uh, thank you for the introduction. I'm doing okay, Benjamin. Yeah. Hi, Trav. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know how many people could do what you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> man. And Trav, what is your tip of the day? Hey, the tip of the day is always be on standby, always be on call, always be ready. That's right. That's right. And that's what we do. So, Mr. Hagney. The first question that I ask each and every guest that we have up here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks is, what is your origin story? Every hero or villain has one, so tell everybody who you are. (laughs) Well, I was born on a distant planet. Hey, I love it. (laughs) First of all, you can call me Mike. And second of all, my origin story. Well, I mean, vis-a-vis Pokemon. Yes, like before, yeah. What led to, who were you before you got into voice acting? And then what led to you becoming in Pokemon? Well, I was still me as far as as long as I can remember. Uh, uh, I guess I got a series of jobs when I was in my last year of college. The first one was as a page at CBS television in New York here. And uh, that led to some friendships among the pages. And those led to jobs 
And um, eventually it led me to four kids. I had worked with the president of four kids, Norman Grossfeld, and I had done some adaptations of anime before that. I did a, a my, the first one I did was called Golf Force, which was a movie. And then we did uh, Slayers, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which was a, an anime series, sort of a sword and Sorcery, I guess, kind of oh, thing. A, a classic. Oh, was it really? Okay, well, that's good. I didn't know <laughs> no, it at the time. Slayers is considered better. a classic for our age group, for sure. Wow, uh-huh. that's good. I'm, I'm glad I didn't know that. I would have been more nervous, I think, <laughs> if I had known it was going to be a classic. And then I did a series called um, Here is Greenwood. I like that one. That was a small, a short series about kids in a boarding school. And then uh, a friend of mine with whom I had worked, Norman Grossfeld, called me and said, hey, you do adaptations of 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 series, right? A- animated series. And um, so that's how I got Pokemon. Love it. Yeah, now, nice. Oh, it, boy, it, going back to the CBS stuff, and all, are we talking like early 90s? <laughs> not to age no, any of us. No, you, know? <laughs> well, you couldn't age me much more. I'd be in very the danger zone. No, this is like, uh, let's see. I started at, at CBS in 1977. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time ago, right? That's crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. And, you know, now I want to ask you because yeah. you've been doing Pokemon for so long. And well, that's you- not true. Wait a minute. That's not exactly oh, true. Oh, it's not. No, okay. no, it's not true. Uh, I did the first. Uh, well, I'm doing a podcast series now about the making of the original series, and it's called Original Pokeman. And mm-hmm. you can find that wherever podcasts are ignored. And uh, so, we're, we're, uh, I, but I only did the first. Uh, let me back up. I'm, I'm just going through. It's been such a long time. It's, it's going to be 25 years next year in, in 2023, I believe, where the, the, the American version premiered. Um and I did the first, I think, couple of hundred shows. I, I, I'm not exactly sure when I transitioned over to doing Kirby right back at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think it's about 200 shows. Um, and so I was in the early seasons. Some people call them the classic seasons uh, of, of, the, of the Pokemon series. But the show, the show is still going on. So it's had many, many more seasons without me than with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that probably works out for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's up but, to you to judge. <laughs> no, that's still important, though. And, you know, but aside from just, you know, doing the Pokemon voices and stuff, you were my favorite gym leader, which was always lame. <laughs> You know, Blaine. Yes, yes. I'm not, I'm now grown into the role because I look like Blaine now. <laughs> <laughs> that not is kind of much... true. I am seeing that. that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There is a resemblance. I don't know. If Blaine uh, was was the, the precursor of me, but yeah, Blaine. People, you know, I've I've only recent, fairly recently started going to conventions and signing autographs. I mean, I knew that there was. You know that they had like obviously conventions and stuff, but I had mm-hmm. I really didn't know that there was such a thing where that people were coming up and asking for my autograph and everything. So that's relatively new, and that's been a a great thing uh, for me anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, but uh, yeah, so people but people come up to me and say, "Oh, you were Blaine," and "Oh, yeah, that's true." How'd you remember that? I barely did. <laughs> and it was only one episode, I think. Right, yeah, yeah. He, pretty much, that's kind of what it was for most of those gym leaders. Was actually, it was a, it was a it was a two part episode, I believe. Right, <laughs> I'm not up there yet. I, I what what I do on the podcast uh, is is 
I, I haven't seen the show for 25 years since I did the the episodes. Uh-huh. I've never seen them, and so I go back, and then so I don't like to skip ahead and 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 you know, right? Um, this is, uh, do things like that. But um, yeah, I believe it was it was it was it was a two parter, and Blaine reveals himself. I think in the second part. I hope I'm not. That's not a spoiler for anyone. But, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey it might I be. spoil stuff all the time. So you can cut Mike, that out. Cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I do want to ask Banks if you don't mind, real quick. Me, yeah, go ahead. Cutting in here is uh, being just a part of that original run of Pokemon, the um, the Kanto region stuff. What you know, coming into the four kids, and four kids is no longer a company, I believe. But when you were coming in to do that. What did you even know about this weird thing? Because I know for people now, it's like no big deal. But at the time, we didn't see anything like that here in America. Like them bringing up like Sailor Moon, maybe. But like bringing over these shows and card games and stuff like that and trying to turn it into this American hit was a whole new thing. Well, yeah, I mean, you're too young to remember. But really, the first wave of... um anime that that came over and was televised in the u.s uh were shows like uh, kimba the white lion uh astro boy uh, gigantor uh Tobor the eighth man and so those that was like the first wave and then it kind of died down you know that was in the i guess mid or early 60s i guess mid 60s or so and they were syndicated all around the country and then it kind of died down a little bit i know that there were you know, I was too old then for, um, oh, there was this show that, um, it, it was like the, um, it was like the Power Rangers, but animated star something or other. I can't remember, but, uh, and then, and then of course, Sailor Moon was, was big, but mm-hmm. then Pokemon was much, much bigger. Um, I, I, you know, four kids had the license for the merchandise, uh, in the U S and other territories, I believe, but at least the U S and Canada, I think I'm, I think that's correct. And so, you know, like a lot of these these um, properties, uh, the the TV show was really, in a sense, a commercial for the for the game and for the cards. I knew basically the only thing I knew about Pokemon before I began adapting and directing and and eventually act, you know, doing voices in the show was that the show had sent a bunch, a lot of kids or a fair amount of kids to the hospital in Japan because of that uh, Porygon episode where the flashing lights kind mm-hmm. of triggered a um, uh, a reaction and, and kids had... Uh, well, like an epilepsy attack? Exactly right. Yeah, wow. I'm not sure if you knew about that. Yeah, that no, was a big, big crazy. deal. Yeah, that was I remember hearing deal. about that when I was a kid. Because I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, Mike, but I just Please remember that... Uh, there was a lot of censorship when Pokemon came over here to the States. And like, that was one of the episodes that had to be censored because they were afraid that the same thing would happen to kids over here in the U S. Right. And I, they didn't show that episode. Um, some people have asked me, was, did I do the adaptation of the, of that episode and just not show it? And some people have sworn that there is an Mm -hmm. English dub of that, but I don't remember that. Mm -hmm. I've never seen it. So, um, I've got to say no that that we did not do that. Maybe some other company or some you know fan did it or something. But from my recollection, we did not. It's it's possible that we did. And when I get there, I know 
you know, when this uh, when this podcast comes out, I'm going to get some letters at uh, at original Pokemon saying, "No, you're 100 percent wrong, and you're on it, and you blame <laughs> the stars." And it. it's like, "Oh yeah, I guess maybe I did." I, you know, this is a long time ago, and and there was such a there was you know these are pretty good pace that we were putting these shows out. Yeah, and I did a lot of shows after that, and then there a lot of time has elapsed. So uh, I'm always open to correction. But yeah, that was that was all over the news in the U.S. And that's what people knew about it. And I uh, just want to not correct what you said. You're calling it censorship. You know, there were, were deletions and changes so that, you know, there were a lot of uh, when Pikachu would send out his Thundershock, particularly mm-hmm. um, we, the, the um, four kids would tamp down that video so they would slow it down so that the flashes were slower mm. and they were less intense and you can see that now in the uh, in the dubs that are on netflix and even the pokemon website and other places so it wasn't technically censorship for content it was just four kids was very and rightly uh concerned about you know triggering or triggering any kind of negative re- physical reaction in kids so that was done uh, all the time that I was there. And my guess is now that the show avoids that kind of uh, visual flashing. That that really just blew my mind a little bit because I'm just thinking back of when Pikachu would do the electric shops and it would kind of be like in a slow motion yeah. kind of deal. And like, I just thought that's what it was. You know, I no, didn't know no, there was no. these reasonings for it. Yeah, because, you know, they had done a bunch of the episodes already in Japan. So they weren't, they weren't keen on on reanimating them so that was done in new york uh, by four kids just you know as i said kind of uh making that video a lot milder so that it wouldn't trigger anything the more you know yeah the more you know i mean i feel like it's a history lesson because i mean you read stuff online but it's like we're actually getting it from the person that actually did it you know and i think that it's really cool to learn the history of Pokemon because it's like we grew up loving the series. I know Trav, you know, he still watches it with his daughters and whatnot. And whenever the movies come out, like I'll check them out. But, you know, did you ever think that Pokemon would become this worldwide phenomenon that it was here in the U.S.? I I know it was already big over in Japan and whatnot, but, you know, coming over to the U.S., did you think it was going to be that big? No, absolutely not. And, um, you know, it, it when I first saw the series, I thought, gee, I don't think this is going to last. It's so much different. And, you know, with the kid and these little animals and are they really animals or what are they? <laughs> but, you know, it was a job to do. And uh, but but pretty soon, you know, there was like a lag time of about a year from its 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 popularity in Japan to when it when it you know became started to really become popular here. But, you know, as I've said, another uh, for a, um, you know, it was really the last that I can think of. It was the last big show that was on broadcast television at that time. You know, in the early late uh, in the early nineties, cable television. Uh, a lot, a lot of the uh, kids shows were migrating over to cable television. Right, and that yeah. that was for several different reasons. You know, the stations could make more money with infomercials and other kind of programming, and you know they didn't want to get the letters about you know Bugs Bunny hitting somebody on the head with a mallet anymore, and so mm-hmm. you know it was all going over to cable. But Pokemon not only had that 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 syndication, and it was on you know then you know it was on CW, it was on Fox what they called the Fox Box. But like that's ev- virtually every kid in America could see that show. 
So that was really the last that like ubiquitous hit. I mean, I mean, SpongeBob is huge and there are a lot of other, you know, properties that are are shows and characters that are big and Simpsons and everything. But this had not only the show, but it had obviously the the video games, which were then, you know, just coming up uh, and the card game. Uh, And so coupled with the broadcast, it was just really had all the makings of a, of a big hit. And it has that special something that still endures. It just really captures the imagination of millions of, of kids and people who are not kids anymore. Just to your testament on, on saying that they just celebrated, was it 25 years and 25 years in Japan. Yeah. When the, I think when the game premiered. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's just crazy. You know, Cause they, they've been putting out all the 25 year card sets and all these different things. McDonald's did like a happy meal, which I mean, we had the Pokemon happy meal kids back in 98, you know, when right, yeah, right. Pokemon first came out and still, I, I want to say, you know, Pokemon, the movie in theaters is still one of the biggest animated films Ever. Yeah, I think it's number one. Or did I think it was it's number one? It's not number one, one anymore. Yeah, but it's still Dragon, one top Dragon Ball Super is number one now, right? I'm not sure, but I know when it came out, it was a big hit for Warner Brothers. Yeah. Um, and uh, but you know, they, there were a lot of promotion too. But it was it was all these things cross promoting each other. You know, it they had. They had a, a, a several of these little Volkswagen Beetles mm-hmm. that were uh, designed to look like Pikachu, yep. you know, the tail and everything. And they went across the country, and then there was a oh. big premiere in at Grauman's Chinese. Uh, I, I guess it was I don't know if it was Grauman's at that time or Mann's uh, Chinese Theater in 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 Hollywood. Then there was one in New York, and it was just. You know, it was on Matt. It was on when TV Guide was a big thing. It was on the cover of TV Guide with four different characters on there, and uh, in four different collectible covers i guess it was on time uh, at least time may have been on newsweek it was in the new york times it, it you know it was it was it was everywhere it was mm-hmm. it, it was just ubiquitous and so um yeah it really a unique and i was lucky to be involved with it and and, and i still am you know doing the podcast original pokemon and um and also just you know meeting hundreds and hundreds of fans uh, at all these conventions where I sign autographs and pop heads and everything. So something I wanted to piggyback off of what you had just said about the the Beatles that look like the Pikachus. I remember when I was a kid, I can't remember what magazine it was, but they, like you said, they were doing the tour and whatnot. And one of the stops was Norfolk, Virginia. And okay. I don't know why. I mean, of course, you know, I'm a little kid. I'm, I'm little banked. And my grandma, she just kept on asking me, like, why are you standing outside in the front yard? And I'm just like, Uh. and I'm just like, because in the magazine, they said that the Pikachu car is coming to Norfolk and little banks thought that that Pikachu car was going to be driving in the neighborhood. Uh And like, I was going to get some free Pokemon stuff. And of course, my mom was working. I'm pretty sure if it was anywhere in Norfolk, it was probably in downtown Norfolk or something like that. But I don't know why. Like I stayed outside all day until it was dark outside, and the streetlight came. Yeah, that's how the streetlights came (laughs) on, hoping that that Pikachu car was going to come in my grandma's neighborhood. And unfortunately, I never saw that car. But uh, it's like when you you started. Thanks. Yeah, when you (laughs) when you brought this is one of the saddest stories I've ever heard. I'm sorry. It's like it made me special here. The boy who waited by the window. That's the boy who waited by the window. The boy who waited by the window. Wow, this is sad. 
Oh, now, man. You know, so well, I'm I, sorry. You know what? If I had known that you were there, I would have tried to call somebody and and uh, yeah, put in the word and do that. Yeah. Yeah. This is. Oh. Yeah. Y'all make sure y'all hit some neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah. I, oh I want to ask your opinion on something. Okay. And that being, you know, because you voice so many Pokemon. What, what do you think it is about Psyduck that is so popular for you as your most popular Pokemon that you did? Because Psyduck's like popularity is like insane for you some know, reason. What do you think that is? Uh, um, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, it, you know, he's kind of a, you know, the crazy kind of sound, <laughs> yeah. which is unlike a lot of the, uh, like a lot of the other ones, you know, there's just sort of animally more mm -hmm. animalistic. You know, I've I, I said before, and now I'll say again, um, and it's kind of a twist on an old joke. You know, I think there are three reasons why Pokemon is popular, but nobody knows what they are. And so <laughs> that's really my explanation. I don't know. You know, I, I will say, though, I, I always thought Charmander was, you know, cha, 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 you know, <clears throat> sorry, it's getting it's late. Um <laughs> Uh, Charmander no, has to sleep once in a while. His flame goes down. And, but um, but Charmander. But a lot of people like Psyduck. But a lot, you know, a lot of people have come up to me uh, for autographs of Snorlax. Right. You know, you know they they really love that. It's it's harder to do, uh, you know, live, <laughs> but because we used to pitch him down, so he was much more rumbly mm -hmm. and deeper. But a lot of people love Snorlax. I, I, there's so much as you got as, as you know. There's so much merchandise out there you know i somebody came to one of the conventions and they brought a a snorlax i don't even know what you would call it i guess it's like a beanbag chair it, it was almost life size. i mean it was a gigantic thing this kind of must have weighed like a hundred pounds huge and um uh so there's just so much so many you know statues and and keychains mm -hmm. and you, well you've seen all the stuff oh yeah, yeah absolutely and it's crazy that as many Pokemon as they got, you know, they're almost up to a thousand, even with this new generation coming out. It still seems like that original 151 has the most merchandising still. You think so? I, I believe so, for sure. I guess, because I guess, but I don't know, like our Charmander and I, I haven't, I haven't seen the show really since some, a little bit of time after I, I went on to other, to the other show, to Kirby. But like, is Charmander and Stas? Do they still show up in the series? I wonder. I don't know. Oh no, no, they do. Oh, they do. They do. Even in the new series, um, the gimmick was Ash went back to Pallet Town. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So they're kind of going to all these locations to find these other Pokemon, but mm -hmm. their main base is now back in Pallet Town. You know, so oh, it's kind of okay. going back to their roots a little well. bit. Well, that's safer. I think he was traveling around by himself way too much. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I know you mentioned Kirby. Is, yeah. is that something where you decided to leave Pokemon and just focus on Kirby, or what? What uh, happened with all that? Well, I, I, I was working. We, I was working with a partner, Larry Juris, and we had a little company that did these adaptations. And so the first couple of seasons, well, I. I think it's almost three seasons. I, I don't really remember. I have to get to the episodes. You know, as I said in some other interview, I, I was working next to Kathy Borland, who, who became the producer of the show. And so when I left, sometimes they would get stuck for a title of a show. And I, you know, after the first, 
I don't even know how many yet because I haven't gotten there. You know, at, when I first had started adapting the show, I thought, oh, I better stick pretty close to a almost straight translation, if there is such a thing, as, you know, from the Japanese of the names of the titles. But after a while, I could see that nobody cared and it was kind of boring. So I would put a lot of puns in there. And um, so and once in a while, when they would get stuck, I was like the punster. So I would watch some episodes that I hadn't worked on to try to come up or I would ask, you know, what's it about and what Pokemon on would try to. So the reason I'm saying this is I've looked at a list of episodes and some titles seem familiar, but they it may not have been shows that I worked on. So right. I'm not exactly sure. And now that I've said all this, I completely forgot the question that you asked. Sometimes we snowball. That's why. Yeah, me too. Oh, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> about Kirby. Oh, yeah, I know what happened. Well, what happened was then then uh, Norman uh, Grossfeld, who was the president of Four Kids, wanted to bring all the production for the shows in-house. Pokemon was p- popular and then they had Yu-Gi-Oh! And then, you know, it started to kind of snowball there. And so I went to work for four kids and, you know, Pokemon was, was pretty well established. We had all the actors and, mm-hmm. and uh, some directors who then took over from me when I was concentrating on writing the shows, they had new, uh, new uh, they had, you know, people who would direct and then the regular actors, Kathy was, was, had been working on the show. And so I segued to, um, to, to uh, they wanted me to go and work on the new show and do the adaptation for Kirby. Gotcha. So then what brings you back to the franchise all those years later? You know, you come back in, you're doing Snorlax for some of the video games and Super Smash Brothers and stuff well, like that. That's to my knowledge. I, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't get paid for it. Uh, they may be using my oh, voice. Okay. I've heard mm. that they are, but I have I have no idea. I haven't done a voice for Pokemon in maybe 23 years, 20, 22 years, something like that. Uh, but people have told me that it's on, you know, video games that are more recent, but I don't know. I have, uh, you know, I, I have no idea. And that's the thing about credits though. Cause sometimes, you know, you don't know if people are credited properly. So, well, yeah, you know we- what the, the thing is with the TV show, they ganged credits instead of doing credits for each individual show. They did like it by the season or group of shows. So I'm looking at a lot of, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at a credits where they have several directors and several writers. Well, I know there were only m- myself and like, say, Jim Malone, who, who directed, who took over from me. Right. And maybe they have like six writers and I'm included there. But some of those writers only did one episode and that their name may, name may be on 10 or 15 shows but they never even saw those other shit. You know what I mean? Right. That was to kind of save money so they didn't want to have individual credits for each show and have to change them every time. So, Mike, you know, something I wanted to ask you is you've been to so many cons over the years. And, you know, I was actually one of the hosts at, uh, at Superstar Anime with you and Tara Sands. And one of the coolest moments at that panel was when the little boy had walked up to the mic and he asked, uh, so did a guy just walk up to you and say, hey, do you want to be a voice actor? And <laughs> I remember the room, they lost it when that happened. So you know, I want to ask, like, what have been some of your favorite con moments from over the years? Well, you know, again, I only started doing the conventions late last year, like October or November of last year. And so I was in Las Vegas. I was in uh, a Plano near Dallas, Virginia Beach. Uh, there's always one I forget. I, I just was in a big one in Pasadena, and I am going to be at at uh, 
uh, New York Comic Con, which is nice. a, a big deal. Yeah. So I'm going to be there at the seven bucks a pop booth several days. So um, it, mostly in the morning or, or early afternoon, they have a whole rotating schedule, which is big because that's a huge convention, as you right. know. Um, mm-hmm. But I haven't I haven't gone to that many conventions. As I said, I knew there were conventions. I wasn't I was vaguely aware that Pokemon people actors went, but I didn't, you know, and then Tara Sands, who did the voice of Bulbasaur and a whole other, you know, a lot of voices on different shows, uh, contacted me to sign some cards as a set of the Bulbasaur, uh, Squirtle and Charmander, you know, the starter sets. And then, you know, she she put me onto her agent and that's how I started doing them. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, how did I get into the the, vo- the, the voices, you know? When when we first started the show, I had I knew there were 150 or 151 Pokemon. We knew I knew that much. But when I started adapting the scripts, I thought, well, okay, Pikachu, I can see obviously is going to be with Ash all or most of the time. And oh, but here's one. Here's an uh, oh, Rattata. Okay, I'll, you know what? I have a little time before the next actor come in. I'll just I'll just jump in the booth and do that. Rattata. You know, I can do it. I can imitate the Japanese sound mm-hmm. and do it with the English name. But then, you know, it started like, oh, Charmander's in, oh, and Charmander's in it again. Oh, Charmander's in a lot. And then it started to, 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 you know, increase the number, but I kept doing, you know, oh, here's Snorlax and Snorlax in a couple, you know, some were, some were one-offs, but there were a number that continued like Psyduck. And uh, so that's how that happened. Like there would be a few minutes at the end of a, of a session. And I would just fill in the, you know, the, the reacts when I had time around, you know, scheduling the actors. So that's how I did it. So that's why when people ask me like how, how advice for how do I get into voice acting? I, you know, my only advice is if you want to do it the way I did, just become the director of the show and cast yourself. But not that many people, <laughs> but not that many people have that opportunity. So then when people give ask for advice, I say, you know what, I really I cannot give advice because I'll just be doing, you know, telling you to try what I did, but that may it's a different time, it's a different, you know, market and different people. And it, it's done you know, totally different ways now. So I really, I don't really have any valid advice. I don't think. Yeah. That leads me to ask you then between that gap, maybe other people don't know kind of what you've been doing, you know, since Pokemon. So what have you been doing as far as I know you write a lot of scripts? Well, that, well, I did now I'm sort of like, I'm an old geezer now. So (laughs) I do stuff like, you know, get the mail and check, check to see if the mail came in and, then go out and say, oh, I, I already got the mail. You know, a lot of that kind of thing during the day. <laughs> and, uh, but no, for, so what happened was I went from from uh, doing Pokemon to, then I did uh, Kirby right back at you, mm-hmm. then Sonic X, then there was a short series. We I don't think we even completed that. I've been getting some questions about a series called F-Zero, which we uh, adapted, uh, wasn't successful. Then... Uh, we did an original series for three seasons, which was, I was about to say something which everybody says, it was a lot of fun. I don't know if it was fun or not. I mean, I'm glad I did it, but at the time it was a lot of work and it was called Chaotic and it was based on um, these characters that this Scandinavian artist who was uh, a very nice guy and and very talented. I don't think he liked me. I don't, I don't think he liked what (laughs) we did to the series. I don't blame him. Um, or it did to his characters. We kind of had to, you know, make it for TV and change it. 
Uh, Martin Ralph is his name. He was a good guy. I liked him, but I don't think it was reciprocated. Uh, but um, so and chaotic. So that that we did, and that that ran for three seasons. And then I did a show which I I adapted a show which I really liked, which was called Tai Chi Chasers. Somebody just sent me something that it's it's now available on uh, Amazon Prime, I think, or nice. I can't remember. Uh, but and but but it was it, they canceled it right as it was getting to the next. It was going to resolve, and I, I thought I liked the characters, so I kind of ended on a high note. You know, there was some series that I adapted. I, you know, it's like anything; you like some more than others. Right. Um, uh, and then after that, you know, there was a whole lot of stuff going on at Four Kids, and between Yu-Gi-Oh and, and Konami, and you know, all kinds of stuff going on. Lots of legal stuff. You can read about that yourself if you're so inclined. <laughs> uh, and then the the company kind of split apart. And I was the creative creative director, which was kind of an overblown thing. You know, I would I would deal with promotions and uh, you know uh, uh, promos for the show and 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 on air promos for the for the you know for all the shows. And then that ended. And then for a while, for a couple of years, a few years, I did um, adaptations of Yu Gi Oh. And then that ended. They wanted to get somebody else, and they did. And that's it. That was it for me. But that was great. I mean, I had a lot of good years for somebody who was in television. I worked in television almost consistently mm-hmm. from, well, if you want to call it a page job, it was a part time job, but it was consistent. It was 1977 up through 20, I don't know, 12 or something like that. So that was a pretty good run. You know, it was longer than Hello, Dolly. So uh, that's, uh, yeah. (laughs) So And now now you got a career in comedy, you know, so. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. But now the thing that's been so much fun, because, you know, when we were doing doing the show, uh, we, I guess a lot of the fan mail, because people actually wrote letters then, would go to the stations or go to, I guess, Nintendo. We didn't get, I didn't ever see very much. I saw some very nice things. People would send drawings and, you know, suggestions for the show and everything. But now so many years later, when I thought this was ancient history of my life, uh, you know, I get to these conventions and these, uh, you know, and even online there, you know, we have these uh, uh, talks and people send their stuff in and I sign them. And it's been really great. People are, are so super nice at these conventions. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I'm sure you both know. I mean, and they just come up and they say, oh, you're so a part of our childhood. Thank you. And and they come up. They have, a lot of people have tattoos of the of the different characters. And I was just purely lucky enough in this context to have voiced a lot of a lot of the, the critters, as I call it, a lot of the Pokemon. And so a lot, there's a lot of figurines and pop heads and stuff. And, and it's just totally surprising, never expected it. And it's been great. And I've been, you know, seeing different cities around the country and uh, it's, it, it's, it's really been great. So nice. I have no complaints. And that, and that's awesome to hear. So Mike, we're here at the end of the interview and D that's usually here with us. He has his final wrap up questions that he always asks and, you know, me and Trav will tag team and do them together. So the first question is, what is one of your favorite 80s, 90s movie or both? Oh, my gosh. 80s, 90s movie or both? <laughs> well, I would have to say the first Pokemon movie. That was exciting. <laughs> right. I have to say that. Uh, gosh, 80s or 90s movie is. Well, let's see. 
I just saw that they're having Halloween ends, which I don't believe. But um, <laughs> was Halloween? No, Halloween was back in the seventies, right? I mean, you could go 80s? to seventies if you like. That's fine. Oh gosh. Oh man, you know, during the '90s, I didn't go much because I was working, you know, around not around the clock. I don't want, you know, it wasn't like that. But <laughs> day and night, um, I don't know. I, I have no idea. The '90s, what? If I had a, if I had a like the list of the top '90s movies, I could probably, you know, do that. But I, I I'm, I'm drawing a blank. And then there we go. Halloween. We we all know Halloween is not ending, you know. So yeah, exactly. We'll, we know it's we'll not going to an end. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I just saw the ad the other day. <laughs> yeah, look, they say it's ending, and then twenty years later, there's gonna be like Michael's back. Like he survived somehow. And... You know, I worked on a show called The Horror Hall of Fame. We produced three of them. There were three two-hour specials around Halloween. In the, I think the first one was '89. Uh-huh. Wow. And we went, and the, um, and we had uh, Robert England was the host. Wow. And we had a whole bunch of people from the heart of Vincent Price and we had Alfred Hitchcock's daughter and Bella Lugosi's son. You know, a lot of people had died by that point. And, and Janet Lee and uh, Tony Perkins. And we had Chucky and the Crypt Keeper was the host, was the co-host. And um, yeah, that those, those, those movies were a lot of fun. I'm just looking for, um, uh, I'm just looking down a list of the top in movies from the nineties. People like Titanic. I it was yeah, I liked the first four or five hours, but I wasn't pulled <laughs> over by that. I'm just looking at it through here. Uh, I I don't like any of the Fargo. It was okay, I guess. Didn't see oh, it. I, didn't see it. Oh, Casino was was kind of good. I've seen I've seen Casino several times, but never you know like front to all back. the way through. You know, it's yeah, it's like always on AMC, and they have twice as many commercials as yeah, they have, you know. So uh, uh, what was that movie? What was the movie that, um, oh, what's his name? The guy who used to live with, um, oh gosh. Uh, it, it was about the script writer in Hollywood and Martin Short played his agent. What the, what the heck was that? That was in the 90s. Uh, oh, was no, it's book. not good, Shorty. Um, no, no, no. It's called, um, I forget. That yeah, was a good one. ringing a bell to me. No, I'm about to look it up. Oh gosh. Anyway, yeah. I'm looking at all these movies and I, I either didn't see him or I didn't uh, next to him. Anyway, it, I, I'm sorry, guy. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't perform for you here. Oh, you know what was good? Misery. I thought that's 1990. I, I thought I you were it. talking about Misery, but then when she said Martin Short, I was like, okay. You know I guess what? Another. Not. You know what? Another movie that I like that I'm seeing that What's Eating Gilbert Grape? I thought that's an underrated. That's a good movie. Uh, I really thought that's movie. great. And that was um, a good movie. Yeah, that's good. I've seen Reservoir Dogs. You know, um, I usually don't like musicals, but that's nice too. That was a joke. Uh, <laughs> let's see what else. Yeah, that's all I got for you, I think. Okay. All right, cool. And uh, Trav, go ahead and take and, it away with uh, the next and, one. And this is the final question here, you know, kind of keeping it on the, I don't know, you know, the spookiness, I guess, yeah. of some of the other ones you brought up with Halloween oh. is growing up, did you ever have anything that kind of like scared you, spooked you and stuck with you? The, uh, maybe a folk tale, or maybe you grew up in a haunted house or grandma had weird China dolls. Uh, well, um, my family thinks that I'm haunting this house, I think, sometimes, so I don't know if that counts. But no, I, I'll tell you two things jumped right to mind. Uh, when I was very young, and, you know, my, mo my mom was a very, you know, pretty straight-ahead person, but she would take us sometimes to movies that now, in retrospect, 
I think, what was she thinking there? But anyway, uh, the Diker Theater on 86th Street and 5th Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. We went and there was a movie called Black Sabbath. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of that movie, Black Sabbath? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mario Bava, who's a pretty well-known Italian director of these, I guess they became eventually Giallo movies, but yep. this wasn't particularly, this wasn't slashy particularly. It was a three-part movie, three little stories, like an anthology, and Boris Karloff was the host. And way back then... I'm sounding like in those days. I hate when <laughs> old guys say that. Well, in my day, uh, but at that time, uh, they had what they called continuous showings, which were, you know, now you go into the movie. There's, uh, you know, a half an hour of commercials and coming attractions. Then the movie's on. Then it stops, and they clear out for half an hour, twenty minutes, or whatever, and then they start all over again. But that time, they would just have continuous showings. It would back to back. They would show some trailers, but then the movie would start up right again. So people would go in. And, you know, if the movie started at 2 o'clock, they'd go in 2.15, 2.20, 3, 3. They'd see the movie. They'd wait till it came around again. They'd leave when they came in. Like, that's where the expression, this is where I came in, comes from. So, mm-hmm. anyway, my, she took my brother and I to this movie. It was a big theater. And the movie was Black Sabbath. And I remember we were coming down the aisle. And as we were doing it, there's a scene in this movie in which a grandmother, or this woman, dies. And you come and you see this kind of... They do this like, I don't know if it was like a tracking shot, but also she was tracking towards you. It was like this very, dis- and this thing in a huge theater with a the huge screen, and this lady with these eyes coming at you. That was, I, it still creeps me out now thinking about it. And the other thing I mentioned before, Astro Boy used to creep me out. Mm. <laughs> Because That's interesting. It's a little creepy. It's, you know, because we were used to like, although now I'm thinking it doesn't look that different from Felix the cat with the big eyes. But there was something, the way they used to talk and, and you know, hey, Speed, let's go down there and see what Razor X is going to, you know, it was the, you, I knew as a kid that there was something strange about this. And that was, if not creep, creepy and unsettling. So those are the two things. Haunted houses, no. Um, and that's what I, that's, that's the only those two could be, you know, as far as entertainment is concerned. I love that. Great answer. Love that too. Yeah. So I mean, now I just want to say thank you, Mike, for joining us. We're here at the end of the interview. And- oh, it's 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 been great. It was really great um, meeting you down in Virginia Beach. It was it was nice meeting you too. And you know, something that we do for all of our guests up here on the podcast is the next time you come to the area, dinner is on us. So you know, oh, thank that's you. great. Yeah, That's hey, great. We'll, hey, we'll take you to a nice restaurant. We, uh, uh, Ken Forey, he came down here and uh, he wanted to get some soul food. And we we went to two different spots, but he was able to get his soul food. So thank I hope you. you again. I hope you didn't have to pay twice. No, no, no. Oh, we no. Did oh, good. What a relief. We I got scared there for a second. <laughs> so uh, before we let you go, <laughs> yeah, let everybody yeah, yeah. in social media land know where they can find you. Oh, that's good. Well, I'm not going to give out my address, but uh, <laughs> I'll give out my my digital address. And again, thank you so much for having me on. It's really a pleasure. And I want to thank all the, the Pokemon fans, who, you know, from Virginia Beach, but from everywhere that have come out. They've really been super great. And I'm very grateful. Thank you very much for all the nice things. And um, and I'm also grateful for the criticisms, too, because a lot those are all valid as well. But anyway, you can find me. My new podcast is Original Pokeman. That's with an M-A-N. And you can write to me. It's and it's anywhere that you get podcasts. And you can also email me at original Pokeman, all one word with an M-A-N there, at gmail.com. Thanks so much. 
Trav. It's Ooh. like I'm not saying, guys. Hey, that was a that was a last minute home run, and mm-hmm. and we knocked it out of the park, bro. Hey, that's what we do. That is what we do, man. Oh my god! But I'm, I'm glad that we were able to interview Mike, and he was an awesome guy. And right. I'm we, just we thankful to talk that Charmander. Yeah, I know, like Charmander is like, Blaine. bro. When it comes to Pokemon, right? And I'll ask you this because we didn't we didn't get to ask Mike, but I just feel like you know that's a question that he's probably heard a thousand times. Uh, but what was the Pokemon that you chose when you first played Pokemon? Oh, it was always Squirtle. Mm, okay, it was so yeah, Squirtle. And it's because my 10th birthday, I got the Game Boy Color, the purple see-through one. And I also got the blue version with Blastoise on it. Uh So I felt inclined to choose Squirtle. I was like, I can't choose Charmander. You know what I mean? I'm I'm rocking the blue version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. I mean, for me, uh, I always chose Charmander. So that means that you would have given me a run for my money because mm-hmm. uh you know fire and water and whatnot but uh well, yeah go the ahead. thing is though like i would have had it easy those first two gym yeah battles, you would come that that fourth gym battle against erica you know you you would uh you and that charmeleon would have would have swept her exactly but still bro like i mean like that was still a hard road because wasn't um electric pokemon were strong against fire pokemon too right no but or was you it know, the other I, way around? I know, I know. I, it's, it's. I think either electric is stronger than fire, or fire is stronger than electric. I think. I don't think so. I'm about to look it up. Made that up, bro. No, bro. I'm being for real. I, I do remember that it was hard fighting Brock when I had Charmander. Oh, for sure, because all you could do was scratch. Yeah, yeah. Because the fire I mean, wasn't really, effective. you would catch the Pidgey and the Rattata, but like that's not going to help you against Brock for real. Yeah. You just had to do a lot of leveling up in order to, to beat yeah, Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But then, I mean, again, like you said, when you go to fight against uh, Misty and she's a water gem leader, I mean, it was just, yeah. it was a hard battle. But Charbander. But it's worth it in the end to get that Charizard. That get that Charizard. Exactly. So that means, so if I got Charmander and then you got Squirtle, then that means D's left with Bulbasaur. D's left with Bulbasaur. I like how you put that. He, he ain't got no choice. He ain't got no choice. You know what I'm saying? But. <laughs> But no, again, uh, another fun episode. And uh, Trav, let everybody in social media land know where they can find you. That's right. Of course, you can find me on the Instagram at ZK Audio. I am also on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-C-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd, where you know your boy is ranking and rating my daily movie watches. And bro, Zoe watched Saw with me today for the first time. Yeah. And you know, it's been a long time since I've seen... I mean, I saw Saw so long ago, right? I watch it all the time, but it, it that feeling of watching it for the first time, I haven't felt it. So just seeing her and bro, her reaction to the twist ending when he gets up off the floor <laughs> and she was like, oh my Michael. God, he's not dead. Dude, it was so awesome to see it. Mm, how many people do you show that movie to that haven't seen this movie in our age group? You know, so it was really cool to watch it with somebody who's never seen it and she freaked out and it was awesome. That's funny as hell, man. You but know, yeah, hey, where are they going to find podcast number one hero? That's the question. 
well before podcast number one here y'all put some respect on d you can find him at rebellious underscore underscore d23 at instagram.com and then now you can find me your hero benjamin bank at king benji underscore banks on twitter and instagram you can find me on facebook at benjamin banks i should be the first person to pop up if not then i need to contact mr zuckerberg thank you all again for listening to this brand new episode make sure that you check out some more interviews that we have here on the channel Mm-hmm. We have so many cool, amazing guests. And, uh, you know, go check those interviews out. And then make sure that you follow all the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks social media accounts. That is at Leveling Up Banks. That is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And then we also have a Patreon. It is at Leveling Up Banks. If you're feeling generous and would love to donate to us, we would really appreciate it. And thank you to our patrons who donate to us because you help keep us uh, warm during the spooky season because it's starting to get cold out or has a spooky season passed or well, now now we're in the fall so I mean some people they consider the spooky season all year round but uh, with that being said stay safe keep that pinky up continue being positive we'll see you next time on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks peace <laughs>